listening to the Gator Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Gainesville Sun and Gatorsports.com. This is a USA Today Network production, and your host, Graham Hall and David Whitley. You are listening to the Gator Sports Podcast, presented by the Gainesville Sun. I am your host, Graham Hall, joined to my left by my co-host, David Whitley. On the left, as usual. As usual, <laughs> yeah. And we are bringing you an off-season edition of the podcast here, as Florida football has transitioned to their off-season routine. You have a focus on finals right now as we get towards the, the end of the semester. The ever-important academic component of the student-athlete. Right. Student does come first. And without that focus on academics, you'd have a lot of players ineligible for the upcoming year. So you got to make sure you handle those classes. Let's say that. And Monday, yesterday, today is Tuesday, high school spring practice began in the state of Florida. The FHSAA's official first start date of spring practice where players in the high school can practice for two hours almost every day working out with their high school coaches for the next month and they build up to a lot of these spring games and that meant a lot of coaches at the collegiate level were on the road looking at prospects reaching out trying to find the next group that they can bring in to improve their programs I wrote about one Jaron Hamilton at PK Young I talked to him and his coach at PK Young about the visit he received Monday from Florida assistant coach Jay Bateman and he's getting a visit today from Alabama so it's an exciting time here in Gainesville a lot of college coaches going to be descending upon Gainesville that Graham, are they allowed to actually speak to these kids it's or is very this part interesting. of that that for, that you can only look at them but not talk it's very thing? interesting it's an evaluation period so contact they can't really have at length discussions with them right now but they can watch them work out and it can be coordinated through their coaches but right now it's really just about the coaches evaluating prospects and how they work out rather than getting a sense of talking to them making their pitch trying to get them to the program they don't really want that happening right now especially to let college coaches descend upon the high schools and do it yeah well i would think with the florida staff they really just want to get out there and establish relationships with the the high school coaches because I mean some are familiar with this area but you know with the number of assistants he's brought in and new guys there's always just that you just got to establish you know hey how are you get to know you get comfortable with you and uh, I mean that's what so much recruiting at that level is yeah you have to I think show face around Gainesville you know Mike Peterson has toured every local high school here a former Gator who I think a familiar face for a lot of people. And now Jay Bateman getting out, going to Buholtz yesterday, seeing Creed Whittemore and getting up to Eastside as well as PK Young. GHS as well has gotten a lot of visits from these coaches. So just good to see that they are prioritizing the local area. And some other visits that reportedly were made, Jabbar Jaluk was in the New Orleans area seeing Arch Manning hmm. on Monday as he, he and about 37 others. Yeah, assistants. I'm sure but, there was a line to still, get you, in. and You have to do it. Like film yeah. a one-minute Survivor audition type video. Mm-hmm. You got to just make your pitch and, and go, you know, or just watch him work out and leave. Let's say that. I'm sure that, you know, this recruitment is unlike any other with mm-hmm. Arch Manning. And now you have the 
NIL factor in there as well, where there's probably boosters scrambling behind the scenes to see who can make the best pitch to him if they can get him. Yeah, it'll be funny if Arch Manning actually signs a bigger contract than Peyton or or Eli, his uncles, <laughs> like a broadcast Before, career. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even though you know, uh, you know, Peyton pulled down about you know two hundred ninety million in, in the NFL. I wonder if 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 Arch will top that in his uh, two years at wherever he goes. Give him a guarantee that a yeah. you know twenty year guarantee, three hundred million dollars if he makes it to the NFL and breaks all these passing records. They can keep yeah. using his image all throughout. Yeah. His, but that'd I, be awesome. Just just the buzz standpoint for wh- wherever he goes. There will be so much attention paid to that, and it will open so many doors. I think for a, a, you know eye opening thing for a group. I mean, you know, I don't know where Florida is. You, you hear you know it's, it's Bama, Georgia, Texas, blah blah, uh, and you know, but the Gators are supposedly in his top five. But so you, you always you know just take that whole thing with a grain of salt. But you know if 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 he just visited here, you know, besides came here, you know, just the buzz that it would cause. You know, it it would be worth you know. Twenty million dollars in free publicity, you know, and, and yeah. uh, for for you NIL people out there for, who write big checks, you know. Uh, but yeah, he, he's he's unique because I I honestly don't think the the money is a big issue with it because you know the right it, it, generational he, wealth, yeah, right? He, and he knows that you know he's going to make plenty of money. One way, I mean, unless he gets, even if he gets hurt, you know, he, he's never going to be looking for a, a meal. Yeah. So I, I don't think that really it, I mean, there, there will obviously be money that exchanges hands at this point, which, you know, NIL money. But I, I don't think, you know, that he's, unless some booster just goes nuts, unless Elon Musk suddenly decides, hey, I like this, I'm going to, you know, here's, here's 50 million to go play one year. I don't know where Elon Musk went to school. You know, <laughs> you know, he's actually such the. Yeah. I, I think it's very interesting that you you bring that up because he's kind of like the one of the few players who's the argument against nil in recruitments in a sense because you know I know there's this whole inducement thing in high school for for colleges to bring guys in, but if anyone can't be wooed by dollars, it's Arch Manning. Yeah. You know, he wants to go to a place that. He's going to get, you know, obviously the best food, best amenities, best facilities, but be put in the best chance to do what you just said. Make that long career that's going to have him up there talked about with, you know, Archie and, and right. Peyton and Eli and now Arch. You know, yeah. he wants to be the guy who is going to be set up for success. He doesn't want to get eight million or whatever, the, mm-hmm. you know, in the short term, because then they're going to be like, you know, Peyton's going to be like, all right, you got your eight million. Right. That's nothing to the guy. No, so it, it, you need a strictly, good program for him. It's strictly an X and O standpoint yeah Yeah. who will develop me best as a player absolutely and so i think that there's got to be a lot of college coaches that have to enjoy that because it really is what the ideal is in recruiting what is the best pitch who is going to put you in the best position and there are a lot of people i think are interested in the recruitment for that reason because you have someone who can't be bought possibly Mm -hmm. you know you're gonna have to really recruit this guy to come here and it it sort of puts it in theory right in billy napier's ballpark because that's his strength supposedly and you know if it'll be interesting if he can develop anthony richardson this year based on that i mean that is that would be quite a calling card for any for for arch man say hey look you know I, i took this 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 you know raw talent and and I made him into you know he's he, assuming he, you know best scenario he has a big year and he and he goes out and he's drafted so now the table is set for you you know you 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 know just from an X and N standpoint or, or more technically advanced I can really develop you here at your yeah. three years at Florida you're going to have to actually make that pitch and I think yeah. that whatever coach is able to do that is going to land a 
boost, let's call it that, in yeah. their reputation, so to speak, because then they're going to be like, okay, whatever they said to this guy must have connected on a football playing level, and I need to find out what that was so I can go get the next Arch Manning or whichever quarterback is ranked number one in the next yeah. class. Of course, one thing that will attract him is knowing that, hey, he won't get flattened uh, every time he throws the ball, and B, he'll have somebody to throw it to. Yeah. And, you know, that, that gets to the more immediate needs here at Florida, you know, with, with the transfer portal. That just you know, they, they need to go find, you know, a couple more receivers and beef up that offensive line. Yeah, I think absolutely. And we're going to take this quick break here and we're going to talk a little bit recruiting in the transfer portal when we come back here. And then in the third segment today, we're going to talk some Florida baseball and what is going on with that group of Gators. We'll be right back. USA Today's Florida Sports Network covers the Sunshine State better than anyone else. We have reporters and columnists covering Florida, Florida State, and Miami, the Dolphins, Jaguars, and Bucks. Like NASCAR, we've got you covered. We also provide the most comprehensive high school coverage available, and so much more. In fact, we have 17 news sites that encompass the state. Hi, I'm Tim Walters, host of the State of Florida Sports Podcast. Each week, this podcast utilizes our Florida Sports Network of beat writers, columnists, and some special guests to bring you up to speed on the most important sports topics. From Pensacola to Jacksonville, to Palm Beach to Naples, and all points in between, we've got you covered. The State of Florida Sports Podcast can be found wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on any of our state news sites. We are back with the Gator Sports Podcast. I am Graham Hall, joined on my left by David Whitley. And now, my friend, we are going to talk some transfer portal. I think a lot of people, they got to either love the phrase or hate it. And now they're about to have, I think, a three-month hiatus from having to hear about so-and-so in the portal, so-and-so in the portal, now adding so-and-so in the portal. Well, they may hear about them, but there there won't be any more additions. No more additions. The additions have to come here in the next, I don't know, what, what, this is the 26th today, so... Five days? Yeah, five days. They have five, these kids... Yeah. And so there are a lot of interesting conversations being held throughout college football between coaches and and guys right now and players that are saying, uh, you might want to look look somewhere else, you might not want to look somewhere else, because... Just from a number standpoint, uh, I think what Florida has, like everybody else, 85 scholarships, but they have supposedly like 87 players, and they're going to get five more walk-on scholarships, and then they're going to, he wants to bring in 10 to 12 more players. So if you do the math, you're up to about 100 players, but so that means that's roughly 15 names that might be on the, that were on the roster two weeks ago that probably won't be there in a week. Yeah, and we didn't get into this to do a lot of mathing around, man. I mean, I leave that up to the coaches, and they got to have guys that are keeping track of all those numbers and all the qualifying and all that. All I care about right now is the number 5-1, May 1st. That marks the day the transfer portal shuts down for the academic year. It closes for three months before reopening August 1st, which starts the 2022-23 academic year, but is also right around the same time that fall camp starts. So players, once if fall camp doesn't work out for them, they can then re-enter the transfer portal. Not to say that 
players who aren't already in won't be making decisions over the next three months, but you won't have anyone who has a bad summer workout and is like, I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm leaving. I think the the big movement will be in the next five days. Yeah. Yeah, and you already saw some movement on Florida's end as the week opened. Monday night, kicker Chris Howard announced that he was going to enter the transfer portal. He spent his first five years at Florida after Mm. walking on in 2017, didn't appear, redshirted, then in his next two years, appears in just five games. Last year was really Howard's big break, let's call it that. He was looking pretty good on extra point attempts, couldn't handle kickoffs too much for Florida, and split time with Jace Christman, who they brought in from Mississippi State as a grad transfer. After the spring game, though, David, I, I don't think that this was a huge surprise no. to a lot of people, unfortunately. No, the surprise would have been had he stayed because yeah. he would have been probably number three on the depth chart coming in behind. You know, well, it'll be interesting. There'll be a, a kickoff right between the freshmen who they signed, you know, Trey Smack, who, of course, has the best name of any kicker yes. that the Gators ever signed. And uh, the walk-on who's, you know, being, being a walk-on. Uh, you know, and and with my brain fog, I forgot his name already. But he, you know, he kicked the he kicked the fifty two in the forty seven yarder, I believe, in in uh, spring practice. Very good. I mean, walk-ons, I know you know his name. It's, it's really hard for us to remember walk ons names. Adam Mahalik, uh, Mahalik, second that's right. year, uh, hit the fifty two yarder, right. which tied the longest field goal in orange and blue game history. Pretty wild, and then hit that forty nine yarder a little bit later. I, I mean, I was pretty shocked. I had to learn his name. I'll right. be honest. After that, I didn't know it ahead of time. I know we were a lot of. A lot of people up there were in the media box Googling, who is this guy? Who's mm-hmm. who's Adam Mahalik? You know, because we were thinking Trey Smack was going to come in here and just take the job and print out all those NIL shirts that say smack that kick, and you just got smacked when he kicks a game-winning kick against you. Yeah, it's much Maybe better than, than you just got mahalik Yeah, I, yeah. You get just mahalik off. Like, I don't yeah. know if that really has a good yeah. ring to it. Man. But, you know, Chris Howard, you sort of feel for him because he, you know, he he did stay here and he paid his dues and all that. He but, did. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, the, the poor guy just last year it was there you know for him because uh, jace christman yeah he, he he wasn't you know coming in he didn't take the job by his throat so the the, the table was set but you know the, the the just the sad fact is he didn't take full advantage of it he missed you know x points kicks and he and and you know their their whole kicking game was just turned into a you know dumpster fire last year yeah and and you know he but he came back hoping that things would i mean hope springs eternal but obviously he you know if you're the third team team uh kicker chances are you're not going to get on the field yeah and you're really not going to be i think maximizing your sixth and final year eligibility so having received his degrees and um everything we wish howard well and he'll have a new home and florida will be able to bring in another walk-on they did as well on monday bring in another walk-on a running back and cruise rushing cruise rushing preferred walk-on what a name name. what a name (laughs) you know A, a running back with a jersey that says rushing, I mean, absolutely. Right. You know, I Especially think a lot of people are going to buy that. Cruise control? Yeah. I mean, he, he's an NIL dream. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I, I think a lot of people are understanding that Florida is going to, you know, bring in a bunch of walk-ons. And, and if that guy is able to see the field as safety yeah. or on special teams, whatever it is, Billy talked about wanting to have 25-plus scout team guys that could compete, be really that third-string unit for this team, and, and you're starting to see some of that start to take shape right now. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting because next week when we come, we will have a lot more information on who who is gone. Yeah. You know? And uh, and we can sort of conjecturize on on what will come from there. But you're right. This next five days, you know, it it 
you used to, if there was one transfer to you think something's wrong with the program now, it's just standard operating procedure. And if you don't have these transfers, uh, you know, something is wrong with the program. You need to have these transfers coming and going. Yeah, I think that not only, you, you have to be willing as a coach to say to someone, hey, your opportunity's not really going to be available in the fall. You have to break it to them nicely yeah. so that they think, okay, well, I, got, I can do better out here. And I, I think that Napier understands that. And we've speculated a lot about what additions we think that Florida is going to make. And he has talked about what additions he thinks they need to make. Defensive line is one that comes to mind. Certainly, I think wide receiver. You can make the case that that is going to be a position. Maybe tight end. Who knows if they're happy with the three freshmen. But the attrition aspect is incredibly important as well. And before we take this final break, we got to say Billy Napier right now is not just scouring the portal. He is doing a little bit of PR. That's bad. This is spring. This is when you. This is the spring. Not only have to recruit players, but it doesn't hurt to go out and recruit the fans. Not at all. You know, and I have heard often that Billy Napier doesn't pander. He doesn't like coming out to you and trying to sell you a used car with an odometer that he replaced behind the alley. He's not trying to come out and tell you things that aren't true. And he's also not trying to talk a whole bunch of doom and gloom right now. And Florida, I think, is in this precarious place where he's sending the message of, hey, things aren't going to be great immediately, but if you buy in, give me some time, they will be. And a lot of that is going to a lot of that has to do with the roster. So when people are hearing that message and then you see players leaving, it doesn't really hurt because the coach has kind of come out and told you the way it's going to be. He's not saying, hey, everyone who's here wants to be here. If anyone leaves, uh, that's a problem. You know, they can get gone. He's sending the right message. And, and so I think that when you see these departures, they don't really confuse as much, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, he is, it's a good time for him to go out there because if people are worried, he can sort of hold, give them a little hand-holding session and say it's going to be okay. <laughs> and I think that that you know, most fans, they're, they're realistic. They, they look at Roth. They know what's going on. And it, as long, I think that just being in the same room and, and getting some flesh, you know, seeing the guy in the flesh and getting your own take of him, I think that he's making a positive impression with these people. Because like you said, he, he's not coming in there and blowing a lot of smoke. Yeah. And that's not his style. And he's laying it out. And, and you know, it's not, I don't know if you call it a honeymoon, but nobody's saying, hey, you, you, know, you got to go 12-1 and one this season. Yeah. They just want, you know, just show us some progress. Show us that the, that the, the, the things that was getting these teams beat last few years, that you've addressed them. And that, and that long-term, we're on a upward path. The trajectory is right. Yeah. You know, we're about two weeks away from the six-month point into Napier's tenure. So we'll find out what it's going to be like after the honeymoon phase between Florida fans and, and Napier. But we talk so much about NIL and the recent news. We didn't talk about it too much on here, but we covered it in the Gainesville Sun and on Gatorsports.com. The Gator Guard, the mm-hmm. high net worth addition from Hugh Hathcock and the high net worth mm-hmm. investors that earned, I think, $12 million, um, and then $5 million additional after that. I mean, the university needs the head coach to keep going out there and bringing money into the university itself, to the UAA, when so many are willing to give now to the athletes and the NIL funds. They have to be concerned that maybe that's going to mean that their pockets are going to get a little bit lighter. So Napier's got to go out here also and plug the university so that they mm-hmm. can make all these facility upgrades and all the additions that they want to make. Yeah, even if you do have $10 million you want to give, uh, you know, all of us are on a budget. And 
you know, do you give it to the university as you used to, or do you funnel it to, you know, the the NILs, which have, you know, technically have nothing to do with the university because you know, they can't be, be seen. Yes. <laughs> but uh, the fact that the Gator Guard did come along, because, you know, the, the collective was there and, and, st- and you know, th- it was raising money, but it was more of the, I, I don't, I don't the, the lower tier money, but, but the, the big yeah, money, the $7, the one, yeah, $7 a month kind of thing. And you, you know, you need a lot of subscribers to, to, to pay for an $8 million quarterback if you're getting seven bucks a month from people. <laughs> but, you know, with, with this, uh, and other schools have done it. I mean, you know, Jimbo Fisher went into a, a real Twitter, uh, uh, fit when people were saying that, that, you know, that they paid 20 to 25 million, like the oil barons out there, maybe it wasn't 20, 20, 25, but a lot of money has been exchanging hands. And you, you, I mean, frankly, you just need this, this uber wealth group. And, 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 you know, the, the schools like Florida are in a good position. You know, they're, you know, probably 30 or 40 schools who can do this, who can yeah. play this game. Yeah. And, and Florida is one of them. And, and, Unless there's just some nutcase like, you know, Stephen Ross, who's a Michigan, he owns the Dolphins and he's also a big Michigan booster. He gave him $100 million, not the NIL. But, you know, there there will be a guy out there who might just say, all right, screw it. I'm, you know, I'll give $50 million to the NIL. Yeah. And, and you need this, just this generational wealth that Florida does have, too, if you're going to play that game. So the Gator Guard, you know, the, these are the big money guys. And this is what you're going to have to have in this new world. Yeah, and they can afford, like you said, UF and, and places like Miami and Michigan and Georgia, they can afford to have two separate entities where people give money to the athletes and the NIL and they still make their regular booster contributions. Not to take a shot at Florida State here because we are objective, but I think that's a big reason why you haven't seen Florida State itself embrace NIL because yeah. they are running at a deficit and they can't afford to come out here and say, okay, you know what? We don't need the money. Give it to the athletes. Right. It, it's hard. I mean, they've started, they've got a, you know, their own Gator guard going. I forgot, you know, war something. Um, yeah. It's not uh, making, it's not making yeah, that much it, money it's, though. It's harder. And you know, I'm thinking back to signing day when they had the number one recruit, Travis Hunter, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And suddenly he goes to Jackson State. Couldn't compete. Because and and you think well, Jack State has no in, but they don't. But he had he had Dion, and Dion has a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I'm, I am sure I don't think he, he didn't get eight million like the kid the ten, that's well supposedly went to Tennessee. But but uh, if if it came down to that day where he picked up the phone and he told Mike Norvell, hey, uh, you know Jackson State, if I go there, I have a, you know basically a million dollars coming my way. Mike Norvell, he he couldn't pick up the phone right away. Yeah, and. You know, off the record, went, and, and say, "Hey, you know, we got to we got to get a million dollars to this kid." They, you know, FSU they probably didn't have that guy. Yeah, and so. if they don't find some solution soon, they're going to continue to get farther and farther behind what is becoming an arms race here in the state of Florida. We're going to talk about a different kind of arms here in this final segment. We're going to take this quick break, and when we come back. We're going to talk a little Florida baseball and a little softball after the two teams went. this weekend. We'll be right back. I'm Blake Topmeyer, and this is SEC Football Unfiltered, a new podcast from the USA Today Network. Each week, we'll discuss the hottest topics that matter to the passionate fan bases of the SEC. I've covered the SEC for eight years. As for my co-host, longtime sports columnist John Adams, let's just say he's got a few decades on me. Not as many decades as some people think. Contrary to popular opinion, 
I did not cover General Neyland, but I did interview Bear Bryant and I interviewed Nick Saban, and I covered Archie Manning and Peyton Manning. More insightful interview, John. Bear Bryant, Archie Manning, Steve Spurrier, or Johnny Majors? Got to go with Steve Spurrier there. He's the great quipster. SEC Football Unfiltered debuts this summer. Let John and I be your tour guides from the season opener through the national championship. Subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Gator Sports Podcast. We are back with the final segment of today's episode. We're going to talk a little bit Florida baseball, softball, and a quick note on the men's tennis team. But first, baseball. I was out there on Tuesday night when Florida had to use seven pitchers to beat Stetson. 10-8. That, that's never a good sign. Yeah. And you're facing, in the weekend, the number one team in the country in Tennessee who had lost just one SEC game prior to arriving in Gainesville. Although they had a little bit of controversy of their own. Tony Vitello went a little bit of macho man and chest bumped an official. And he got a four-game suspension. Wasn't able to return until Sunday's game, but the Volunteers did not need him. They made quick work of the Gators in Friday's game with Ryan Larson on the mound, jumped all over Florida. Saturday was a lot closer, but again, Florida did not have what it took. And then on Sunday, oh man, everything yeah. just completely came apart. Yeah, It's one of those years where you know, if, if the hitting is there, the pitching isn't, then this weekend the pitching was there a couple of games and the hitting just didn't come through. But the big problem is still pitching and relief pitching. And, yeah. you know, it just – what happened Sunday, it's hard to imagine a worse scenario when you're you – know, what you're you're up to, bottom of, of the ninth or top of the ninth, and, and you just – and what, one out away, guy goes yard, and it just, it just fell apart. Yeah, it sounds a little prophetic, but I was saying that that was not having a, a good arm in the middle innings and, and a guy who could come in and save the game for you was going to be a huge issue for Florida when I was talking in the build-up to the week, and then you get there Sunday. Brandon Neely, I got to say, fantastic start from him. I mean, throws a no-hitter through seven innings, and you jump out to this 4-1 lead, and then Blake Purnell, not to you know, go too harsh on him, comes in, and you're facing the number one team in the nation and gives up a home run, and you know, so did Tyler Nesbitt, but you're, you got a two-run lead in the ninth inning with two outs, I mean, it doesn't get much worse than that. Yeah, and you know, add to just the overall, you know, Herner Barco. We, I mean, he may be. Yeah, he's on the the DL for now. He may be back in a week. He may be back in a month, or, or who knows? But and and it has just turned into one of those Peter Principle years where you know, you know, if, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. Yeah. Right now, and I what this was the first time they've been swept in how many years? I mean, it, yeah, I, yeah, it was the first time Florida had been swept right. then, at home since 2013. And then you could always say, well, all right, it's bad on this side of the street. I'll go across the street and see what's happening in the softball. Yeah. And this week. Ugh. It was senior night for on, on senior day, I guess you could say, on Sunday for Florida, and they hoped that maybe that'd give them a boost against Arkansas, the number seven team in the country. The Gators sitting there at number eight, but Arkansas swept Florida, and it was not relatively close. Yeah, and I think that maybe their concerns are a little bit less, let's call them that, than the baseball team situation right now. But oof, just a yeah. rough weekend in Gainesville. Yeah. They- isn't their problem they just can't get the ball over the plate? Yeah. That's so. Uh, but you're right. You think that that's something that they can control. And, and if they get it together, that they have a postseason run in them. Uh, it, it, at this point, it's hard to see that for the baseball yeah. team. Yeah. I think softball has the talent to get it together, and they're just kind of in a lull here. I think that is possible. But baseball is is clearly has some 
roster issues, and we've covered those about how you have multiple guys coming back from Tommy John surgery, you have no juniors, you have no seniors, you have one six-year guy, you lose your top three signees to the draft. I mean, you could make a bunch of excuses for the Florida baseball team, but Kevin O'Sullivan has set such a high bar that he doesn't want to make those excuses. You come to Florida to play amid high expectations, and they weren't living up to them. One team that did live up to their high expectations, the Florida men's tennis team, fresh off the national championship last year. Florida looks pretty well suited to making another run this year. They would be considered the the favorites at this point because now they have played a tough schedule. He's tried to get them ready for what's what's to come, and everybody is back just about from last year. Just about. And, you know, know, his his son, uh, Brian, uh, ben Shelton, yep. Ben, that was it. Ben, I was, he was going to get come to me. You know, he he was freshman last year. Look, he clinched the national championship match for him, and now he's playing number one this year. He might be the best player in the country. And yeah, I mean, they, if let's just put it this way: if if every program at Florida was, was run like that tennis program, it, it, this would be this would be the Camelot, yeah, of college sports right now. It would give Brian Shelton a whole lot of yeah. credit. Florida only dropped two points in SEC championships over this past weekend. Four uh, one win over LSU, the nine seed, and then just absolutely dominated two top 10 teams, won 4-1 against Tennessee, who's number five in the nation, and then in the final, a 4-0 win on Sunday over number 10 Kentucky. So I know it doesn't get a whole lot of coverage amid all this football and basketball chaos, the quote-unquote money makers around here, but you got to mention that even when there's some doom and gloom, on the baseball and softball side, there is some great things going on here in Gainesville that we got to give some uh, shine to. Yeah, and uh, even though they don't have any more home matches, and really, there's nothing more exciting than a college tennis match. I never thought I'd say that, but when you have five matches going at once, it is. It, it's crazy. It's a You're looking all around, and now there's shade out there too. I tell people all the time, you yeah. don't have to sweat your butt off. Yeah. They've added shade over there, and it's yeah. free. I, think. I yeah, and I I think the NCAA's will be televised, and yep. so I think they're in Champaign, Illinois this year. Uh, last year was in Orlando, so it was easier for fans to get there. But uh, that'll be worth tuning in for. Yeah, it is. And that's actually right around the corner. That's in two weeks. We'll be able to recap there if Florida makes a run. Last year, I think they were able to play in Orlando yeah, at was. the very end. So it was funny because we'll there, there was a good the, the crowd. You know, this isn't normal tennis. This isn't Wimbledon where you get yeah. the little polite clap. No, it, it, it's like a it's like a college crowd, you know, with cheers and boos and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, it, it's got some atmosphere. It sounds like it's fun to see. I yeah. hope that if anyone has a chance to go see it, they do. Because, uh, like I said, We don't cover it enough around here. That's going to do it for us in this week's episode of the Gator Sports Podcast. We'll be back next week to talk a little bit more about this offseason, some more attrition on the Florida football roster, maybe some basketball additions. We'll have to see. We'll be back next week. Take care.